0: Welcome to It Is Rough Out There, our second episode for our new podcast. Today's episode is called Rabies Rescue and Recreation. My name is Kelly.
1: My name is Kim. How are you doing today, Kim? I'm doing great, Kelly. I have to tell you, I have a cute little story today. Uh Uh-oh. As I'm out mulching, not today because it's snowing again in April in New England, uh, my cute little neighbor loves the little bunny statue I have outside. Ever since COVID, I put a new mask on the bunny and my little friend loves to have his mom drive down the street and see what is going on with bunny. So the mom and dad told me that he was just so thrilled with Mr. Bunny or Ms. Bunny. And uh, that just made my day when I'm out mulching, getting dirty and trying to keep away from the poison ivy. <laughs> How is that poison ivy? Good. It's oh, better. Much it's better. better. Much much better. much better. Yes. Thank you.
0: <sighs> well, in my work with Missing Dogs Massachusetts, we definitely spend a little bit of time, and it happened again this week, reminding people that when you find a dog running down the street, there's probably someone looking for it. So finders keepers is not a thing. Please alert the police if you, if you find someone else's pet.
1: Absolutely. So what's up for today, Kim? Today we're going to talk about rabies. Yes, rabies. So last episode, we
0: did scrape the surface, so to speak about what a municipal animal inspector does, and we briefly explained what it has to do with rabies in regards to the domestic animals among us. Can you tell us more?
1: Oh, yes, I'm going to talk about rabies. This is my scary voice or attempt of a scary voice. So rabies can be a little scary, but if you understand about the wildlife population where you live then you'll understand what the municipal animal inspector does. So in each city and town should have an animal inspector and or the animal control officer. And in Massachusetts, uh, this is how this works. In our town, we have an animal inspector and an animal control officer. So for me, Last week I talked about how I thought I was like Inspector Gadget and uh, Ace Ventura Peck Detective. I'm really none of those. And I'm also not Sherlock Holmes. I don't have a hat. I don't have a magnifier. And I also do not smoke a pipe.
0: But do you have a badge?
1: I do not have a badge. They have not (laughs) given me a badge, but I do have business cards. Oh my gosh, they gave (laughs) you business cards? (laughs) Right. So... um, Yeah, so let's go this kind of uh, play-by-play to talk a little bit about this. Please do. Aren't you so excited? I am. Okay. So we today are going to discuss wound of unknown origin. Okay. So what happens if your pet is not rabies vaccinated, right? Say you have an indoor animal. It could be a cat, dog. Ferret is also included in this. Right? Ferret. Okay. So say your pet gets out of the house and is unattended, right? This is Fluffy, okay? Fluffy goes outside and is injured, but you don't really know about it because Fluffy is so fluffy, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? Okay. So you notice Fluffy isn't eating, drinking, and there's, you know, after a little bit of a while, there's a strange odor coming from her. Hmm. You take her to the vet because you're worried, right? It's Not eating, not drinking, smells funny. Noticing the signs of behavior change such as not eating and drinking or odor is a huge clue. I didn't even know about the odor thing. Absolutely. Very good, Kelly. Yes. So you go to the vet. The vet finds a long, infected area, way under the fur, that looks like a scratch. But since the owner never saw what happened, it is called a wound of unknown origin. A wound of unknown origin? That really does sound serious. Oh, so it can be. So the vet realizes that this cat has never been rabies-vaccinated Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Gosh. Right? This cat will then get a booster, what we call a booster of the rabies vaccine. Will probably go home on an antibiotic to help with any sort of infection, most likely a pain medication, and the dreaded Elizabethan collar. You mean the cone of shame. The cone of shame, yes. And receives a four-month quarantine at home. Oh my gosh, 4 months, that's a long time. Well, you know, it it is, but we want to protect the cat and the family and any other pets that are at the house. We want to make sure that whatever may have scratched Fluffy did not have rabies. And since we don't know what happened, we're very cautious. So Kelly, can you name the top 5 wildlife animals in Massachusetts that carry the rabies virus?
0: I think I can, and I actually have a bonus for that. Uh, Raccoons, fox, coyotes, skunks, and bats. And I did hear that uh, opossums don't carry rabies.
1: Well, yeah, so you are so smart, Kelly. So um, as far as the opossum goes... Their uh, core body temperature, from what I understand, is low, so that the rabies virus really doesn't have a good host. Okay. Is it possible? Possibly. But it's very rare that we see the opossum. And you probably have a lot of opossum that you might see around, and they're excellent for the yard and your garden. Don't mess with them. And is it
0: true that bats sometimes get in your house, and so you do have to be careful with your indoor cats? Absolutely. And is that why you're wearing a bat headband today?
1: (laughs) Yes, Kelly, you get an A++++. And for those of you listening today, we're going to give you the bat headband as a prize. Aren't you so excited? (laughs) Don't be, don't, don't be, don't be alarmed. So anyway, bats can be in the house and can bite you. And you may not know that it happens, but don't be afraid of bats, I know. Bats get a bad rap. And bats are very good for our environment. And they help with mosquitoes. They like mosquitoes.
0: Like hundreds of them at a time. Right, Yeah,
1: exactly. So, so I digress. So as you can imagine, if you let your dogs and cats outdoors unattended, what does unattended mean? It means if you let your dog out on a long lead outside unattended or if you have an invisible fence or if you have a yard that's even fenced and you let your dogs out, you may not know if they have been in contact with a wild animal. And crickets really aren't wild animals. (laughs) So, poor Fluffy. What do we do now about Fluffy? I don't know. What do we do? Yeah. So, as the municipal animal inspector, I get a report from the vet that Fluffy was treated for a wound of unknown origin. And then I bring a quarantine notice that I fill out to the home where Fluffy lives to get the owner to know the amount of time to keep Fluffy home inside and not exposed to other animals.
0: Oh, how does that go with the owners? Are they receptive or do they give you a really hard time?
1: Well, I have to say, honestly, most of the time the owners are a little bit perturbed (laughs) at first. However... I explain the situation, that I'm not the bad guy, and that my job entails lots of education. And people sometimes don't understand that, you know, they're not in trouble, that we're just basically wanting to make sure that Fluffy is okay. So just so you know, earlier this year, I quarantined three cats on the same street, which is concerning, right? Because it's kind of like a trend. Mm. And I let all the owners know, because all of the animals, all these cats, had a wound of unknown origin. Right? So, these folks all decided to keep their cats indoors, so that they would not be harmed again, because all three of them were were injured pretty significantly. Poor kiddies.
0: Well, that's smart, especially if the cats are fighting with each other. I understand the cats can carry... Uh, quite, a bit, quite a few communicable diseases that they can spread to each other or even sometimes to humans. Absolutely, but that's a whole other subject, Kelly. Oh, and we know cat people too. We'll have them in as well.
1: Oh, absolutely. This isn't all about rough dog situations. <laughs> we also love the cats. Okay, so there are other kinds of quarantines, I would imagine. So there is a 45-day quarantine for a domestic animal, which is a dog, cat, or ferret. And this is when they have proof of a rabies vaccine in the past. So at the vet, if they have a wound of unknown origin. At the vet, they give a booster. And we quarantine the animal at home for 45 days. And it seems like, you know, it is long. But owners tell me all the time it goes by a lot faster than what they imagined. And you know what, folks? Vaccinating your domestic animal, cats, dogs, and ferrets, is Massachusetts law. And it's probably law in a lot of other places in the United States. Well, 45 days seems long, but
0: I guess if you have an indoor cat or a dog that really only spends time at home anyway, it's not too bad.
1: You know what? Very true, Kelly. Very true. We also consider when we cannot identify the domestic biting animal, we also quarantine the victim for 45 days. I can assume you have in many
0: situations when dogs are playing in a group. A dog gets hurt. You don't know which dog
1: is the biting or the scratching dog. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, gosh, Kelly, you spend way too much time with me. Did we discuss this one night over a chicken parmigiana? I think you had the chicken parm and I had the eggplant parm. Sure. Oh, eggplant parm is so good. Delicious. Sitting outside on a lovely spring evening when it's not snowing in New England in April. You mean like today? Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, we must quarantine a dog that gets bitten by another dog, we assume. Yet there was no witness. If we cannot witness what happens when our dog or cat or ferret is injured, that it's a, what do we call it, folks? A wound of unknown origin. Right. Okay. So this is an excellent lesson for all of us to understand. So do you have a little scenario for me, Kelly? Oh, yeah. So
0: like, say you had three dogs at home and and you saw which one bit or scratched the other.
1: Can you then quarantine the biter? Absolutely. We would always like to quarantine the biter. Uh, and if a, if we can identify the biter, it's a 10-day quarantine. So it's a lot shorter oh, and better. it's way better. So we always want to quarantine the biter.
0: So if all dogs in the home are up to date on their rabies vaccine, why do you quarantine? Is it, it's, it seems unnecessary maybe?
1: So because vaccines are not 100%, uh, right? Yeah. Because they're, you know, there's always human error along the way, correct? Right. So whether they're, you know, transported properly, administered properly, um, you know, all those kind of things, there is always a chance that, you know, the vaccine is not 100%. Even though the rabies vaccine is very effective, there's always that chance that, So like
0: 10 days to kind of keep watch, right?
1: Absolutely. It's like a keep watch, you know. That's a good idea. Yeah. So how do you know if your animal has rabies other than the smell that you mentioned? So Mm -hmm. that, the smell does not mean they have rabies. It just means that they have an infection. Mm. But the only certain way, even if an animal displays unusual behavior, which is, aggressive behavior, or strange neurological symptoms that are different, the only way to test for rabies is to test the brain for the virus. So, did anyone ever watch the movie Old Yeller, which came out, like, I think in, like, the 1950s? I cried and cried as a kid watching that movie. And the stray dog that befriended the boy ended up getting rabies due to fighting off a rabid wolf. Uh, my mother wouldn't even let me watch that movie. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that I watched it, and I just can't believe I'm doing the job I do after that
0: movie. And really, the only way to, that's possible to test an animal for rabies is after the pet is deceased? Absolutely. Wow.
1: Yeah, because at quarant- when I go to a house to quarantine a pet, they'll say, well, why don't you just test, do a blood test and test my pet for rabies? It's not possible unless the pet is deceased. Yeah, so. And Kelly, again, A++. You are an excellent student. So as you can imagine, we do not want to euthanize animals to find out if they have rabies. So that's why we, in my estimation, go above and beyond to protect your pet and your family. And as you can imagine, if your pet unknowingly has rabies, it bites or scratches you, Sadly, rabies is fatal, and it's terrible, and it's an awful painful way to die. That's why the Department of Agriculture in your state is so strict.
0: Wow. That is a lot of information that you shared with us. I actually had a cousin who got bit at her local park um, and had to go through the rabies series as a human. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for all of that. And I know that that really is just
1: the tip of the iceberg, (laughs)
0: Is it it time for a fake sponsor maybe, Kim?
1: I think it is time for a fake sponsor message because we love our fake sponsors, right? So today's message, which is our fake sponsor, is brought to you by the local grooming boutique. Okay? Where an owner brings their dog that looks absolutely adorable, small and fluffy, yet actually it's Cujo. And almost takes off the finger of the sweet groomer. Oh, dear. Maybe best for Cujo to be groomed at home. Right, George? George is crying. Do you need a tissue, George? Poor George.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You have such an imagination. Well, today we're going to move on to our second uh, topic, which is rescue and recreation, a much lighter subject. So, folks, today we have a guest in the studio. Her name is Kara, and she is going to chat with us about the rescue that she volunteers for. Kim and I did a little digging previous to the episode, as we always want to make sure that any rescue or shelter that we um, interview or talk with is an approved rescue or shelter in the state that you live in. In, Here in Massachusetts, we check with the Department of Agriculture. Approved! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Not only that, Kara's on the board for building a dog park in a neighboring town. We know that how that goes wink, wink, nod, nod. There's no video here, so we just say it out loud.
2: <laughs> Welcome, Kara. Thank you, ladies for having me. Awesome. I wanted to tell you a little bit about our family's mission. um It began a few years ago after we had adopted one dog, Coco. um we got a request from the agency we had adopted from, which was American Lab Rescue. And they let us know that they were looking for fosters. They were looking for just someone just to take a dog just for a week. And these dogs were in the sweltering sun in Mississippi and Tennessee. And I couldn't think of, you know, these dogs suffering like that. So, of course, I convinced my husband (laughs) and my children were young at the time. So it didn't matter what they had to say. Um, So I ended up uh, responding and saying, you know, sure, we'll take a dog for a week Um, We ended up starting out with that um, one pup that we fostered for several months. Um, And at this point, fast forward today, and we have two of our own rescue dogs and two cats, and we've ended up fostering over 50 dogs and quite a few kittens. Oh,
0: wow. That's amazing. Not as easy, not so easy as we talked last week with
2: Kim about the whole foster failure situation. (laughs) Yes. um, So... A little bit of um, attention to that because a lot of people say, you know, why don't you don't you want to keep the dogs? Of course, I do want to keep the dogs, and I, you know, certainly have been a foster failure. That's why we have two dogs (laughs) and two cats. But um, if if we adopted one more dog or one more cat, you know the you know the inn would be full. That would be it. So you know, when I look at fostering fifty dogs, and that's a difference. And we our experience is that adoption is our value, but fostering is our mission. So if we just adopted one dog, we wouldn't be able to help all these hundreds of thousands of dogs um, in the South. That's where my agency usually gets them.
1: Oh, my gosh. That, it, it's definitely an amazing thing to foster. You get so much out of it. And we thank you for doing that fostering. You're one busy woman. So you're fostering and you're building a dog park. Yes. Where are you folks in the uh, process? Do you even know?
2: Yes. <laughs> I, I, actually, <laughs> I actually do know, and, and I've, I've kind of um, fallen behind you guys. We're just a little bit behind you guys, like, say, about, you know, say, a year. At this point, we've just received the $25,000 um, design grant. Woohoo! As you know, that's quite an accomplishment. Absolutely. That's amazing. That makes you feel like it's really real. It's happening. Yeah. Yeah, it's really happening now. Um, so, you know, at this point, um, once the design of the dog park is completed, we start the construction and that's kind of where we are right now is looking ahead to that. Hopefully it'll be just a year.
0: Yeah. Well, a year is a good amount of time and I can see here that you already have an event coming up. Um, the flyer for your event will be posted on our Facebook page.
2: Great. Yeah, it's a spring fundraiser. As you guys know, they, the additional requirement from the Stanton Grant Foundation is that we get um, at least $20,000 in community funds. Um, so this spring fundraiser is May 8th, rain date, May 15th at the corner spot in Ashland from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And um, our dog park is going to be called the Ashland Bark Park. Oh, nice. It's located in Ashland um, mm-hmm. on what's called the Memorial Drive. That's awesome. We like that. Yeah. I'd love to see you guys. If you get a chance to come over, we're going to have two professional photographers taking pictures of you and your pets or just your pets in fun costumes or just by themselves.
0: Oh, great. And is it a family event and will you have food?
2: Yes. Thank you for asking. Of course, we always have food. We have dog treats, um, Dog um, ice cream treats. We'll have doggy ramen. Uh, We have some delicious um, restaurants in Ashland Dorgon Ramen, and then we have Senti's Kitchen, both devoted to um, supporting dogs in our dog park. We're going to have treats, games, baskets to win. The Girl Scouts are helping us out that day as well. And yes, um, children are welcome if they're well behaved. They don't have to be on a leash, but the dogs (laughs) do have to be on the leash. Um, just a reminder that kids and dog, you know, kids' dog have to be mixing. So your ha- dog has to be safe around children, has to be well-behaved. Um, and you have to have voice control and physical control over your dog.
0: Oh, yeah. That's always a good reminder for folks. And yes. I see here yeah. Ashland Nutrition will also be a part of this. We're going to be getting Natick Nutrition soon. Oh, great. Yes. Yeah.
2: I just was in there the other day and speaking to the owner, and she's going to be there making some – delightful um drinks healthy drinks um and we're going to also have refreshing concessions which will have the ice cream delights for both the humans and their dogs awesome That's that awesome. sounds really and did you really guys good. get
0: your nonprofit status for the ashland dog park or are you the friends of
2: yes we parks. are we do have our uh, no, we are a 501c3 which means awesome. we can offer the tax um deductible so you can make donations, and you can send um, checks, Ashland Bark Park, 3 Hilldale Road, Ashland, Mass, 01721, Home of the Clockers, um, PayPal, www.paypal.me slash Ashland Dog Park, Venmo at Ashland-Dog Park, um, and our EIN number is 83-4588763. And we do have a Facebook page, too, and a website. AshlandDogPark.com.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. With all those details, you can be sure to find a flyer about this event on our Facebook page. It is rough out there.
1: Absolutely. That's great. Thank you so much for coming and sharing all that with us, Cara, because as Kelly and I uh, (laughs) know, it's not easy to build a dog park, right? You
2: know, a lot of work.
1: It's
0: really been hanging over me. We started this podcast idea because of the dog park. So we do really have to buckle down and make an episode and tell our own story.
1: I think (laughs) it's a saga in itself. It is a saga. And you have some wonderful uh, folks that you work with, um, that have helped along the way, which is, is great to have, you know, some people to work with, run things by work mm -hmm. on because it's, it's definitely not a one person
2: job. No, not no one person could do it. And I, I think you guys worked on it for over seven years and we're on our fifth year this year. Wow. Um, and the dog park committee is the heart and soul of it. We've worked on it when people probably didn't have any idea what we were doing, mm-hmm. you know, and now it's a little more public and they see, you know, the growth and what we've done, but really there's so much work that goes into it. Oh
1: my gosh. So I think so many hours.
2: People, yes. Oh could gosh. talk about
0: it all day. Cause <laughs> you, you know, you do feel like it's, it's almost like a baby,
1: right? Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. baby that you've raised. Exactly. Well, that's awesome! Thank you so much for sharing all that with us. Thank you. So,
0: so don't lots forget, of info. Lots of info. Check out our Facebook page, and uh, you know we. So for our next episode, I can't believe we're going to be up to three episodes. We will wow. have uh, we'll have a couple of guests, my my fellow volunteers from Missing Dogs Massachusetts here to tell a really great story. We hope that you'll email us with questions or ideas. Even thanks fake sponsors going forward. Maybe you even want to be
1: a guest. Absolutely. So our email is it is r u f f out there at gmail.com and check us out because we have Facebook and Instagram. And we have supporters. I know. Can you believe that? I'll give the clap. You don't even need the button. I'm so excited. Oh, gosh. I want to do like a yes. There you go. (laughs) Our supporters are Athena, Kylie, Becky, Mark. And we also need to thank our amazing producer of the show, Kylie. She is a wizard. And I'm going to buy her a wizard hat, a magic wand, because she will just absolutely love it. Thank you all
0: for listening. (laughs) As of today, from our first episode, we have had over 85 downloads from our first podcast. We're ever so grateful for you hearing us out. We are now on Spotify and Buzzsprout. Do you like our content? Want to be a sponsor? Let us know. I thank Kim for being here and being my partner in crime.
1: I'll always do fake crime with you, Kelly. And we thank our fake sponsors, who are always supportive, of course. And we are super
0: excited that our friend Mark came up with a tagline or sign-off message. Thank you for
2: keeping us out of the doghouse.